Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. It's Hoopsville time. It's the marathon. It's the 10th annual on a Friday. A little bit different. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Welcome into Hoopsville and the Hoopsville Studios coming to you from the greater Baltimore area. Thank you for tuning in. No, I'm not going to have this kind of energy the whole show. We've got plenty of coffee on board. We've got plenty of water on board, and we got plenty of guests on board. Welcome in to the 10th annual Hoopsville Marathon, a crazy idea I created actually 11 years ago because despite it we're saying annual we do make the exception that we didn't do one during the COVID year though we certainly could have done one and talked about how we weren't going to have a season in 2020-21 or an official season that is with championships long story behind that one if you ever want to know the expose behind the scenes of why we didn't do a show that year or money shows that year anyway so this was a brainchild of mine a long time ago. I had seen a few shows do 24-hour crazy things as fundraising efforts of some like or another. And I thought to myself, well, we could do that. And I kid you not, the first idea was to do a 24-hour marathon. I am not kidding. I thought we could easily do this. We can figure it out. We can get in some, obviously, pre-recorded segments to take breaks. But 24 hours is not within or without outside the realm of possible on this idea and so let's do it and then i got smart and we now that back down to 12 hours the first couple of marathons we did 12 hours and in reality we we're on the air for 14 plus um it has shrunk due to other work over the years but we tend to average between eight and ten hours planned and do about 10 to close to 12 hours I think last year, I think we planned on eight, maybe nine. We did 10 plus hours because the happy hour at the end always goes crazy. Uh, This year, we're calling this a half marathon because we are scheduled to go six. But I can already tell you from plotting out the show, we will go longer than six. We may close the door at seven by the time we're off the air because we are jam-packed with great guests around Division Three talking D3 hoops. And I look forward to hearing from some of those guests. And we've already heard from some of those guests because we did have to pre-record a few segments to slot them in on a Friday who are traveling. And guess what? Guess what just failed? If anyone's a fan of this show, you know exactly what just failed. It doesn't matter what we do to try and keep this alive. We lose the camera. So bear with me as we will swap out and get another camera ready to go for you. Um, it, and we really just needed to get it done with at the beginning of the show, and then we can be good for the rest of the show with the camera fail. And uh, we believe we've also stopped that from failing our um facebook live stream but we'll check that in just a moment as we are uh, back up and running just like that watch this it's going to be so fast you're we're getting so good at swapping out cameras it's gotten to the point of a little bit insane and there we are hello welcome back um so lots to talk about uh we're still on the air that's the good news on uh the old facebook because we found a setting to stop that from happening more often uh, a little crazy there. Anyway, uh, you'll also see in the upper corner, this has been one of the reasons for Hoops. So in the upper corner, you will see uh, our fundraising total. We have used this show, and many have asked about it, as a fundraising tool for our efforts to stay on the air well past this season and into the future. I, I say this often, and I do mean it, even though I, I know many of you probably don't um, see it as of yet. We have some great ideas of how we want to expand our efforts in Division Three, both in hoops and beyond. Um, 
The problem is just putting this show on the air takes a lot of bills and effort, and you see the door open because our dog just entered. Hi, Tucker. I guess Tucker heard me down here and decided to join me. He'll be joining us in the beanbag for the rest of the show, and we'll get that door closed <laughs> a little bit later. Welcome in, buddy. You're a little late. The show started six minutes ago. Thanks for joining us. Uh, he'll be quiet. I promise you that. He will literally sleep down here. Maybe we'll get a camera shot of him later in the program. Um, so we're trying to not only set up a basis to continue, but then try and get sponsorships and advertisers and other support to grow because we have grand ideas and some of those ideas will come to fruition. I am very confident in the very near future. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? Because we've got a really good one on tap. Um, we're going to, here's the one thing I can promise you. We will hit um, every single region in D3 with at least one guest. Um, on the larger marathons, uh, we've dared, I kid you not, dared to have two guests from each region, a, a men's guest and a women's guest. That's why the shows are so large. Uh, it o doesn't always come to fruition, but um, we certainly give our try. But here's who we're going to do it. We're going to talk about these in order. They're scheduled in order. So bear with me. This is how we're going to get things started in just a short time. Chris Martin from the 20th ranked Loris men's team will join us. Then Lucia Robinson Gibbs from the MIT women's program. Justin Olofsson from the Webster women's team. Then we'll talk to Gary Stevenson from Stevenson. He's also uh, one of the lead guys with the NABC coaches versus cancer effort. Remember, he's also the former president of the NABC. That's the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Um, we'll talk to him about all that. By the way, he's also on the national committee this year. But we'll talk to Gary primarily about the coaches versus cancer effort. He was up on, con on, uh, con on what's the word? He was at Congress. He was up on Capitol Hill. That's what I was trying to say. Um, uh, recently to talk about those efforts. Uh, then we'll talk to Bill Broderick the uh, from the fourth-ranked Christopher Newport women's team. Then we're going to do a double dip. We're going to head to Gettysburg where uh, they had a thrilling game on Wednesday. Uh, games, I should say, on Wednesday. Men's and women swept Johns Hopkins. We'll talk to both Nate Davis and B.J. Dunn, the head coaches of both of those programs, about the Bullets. Um, just for the record, we did schedule that before Wednesday, we were going to have them on, win or lose, and we'll talk about the thrilling Wednesday there was at Bream Gymnasium. Bill Saul will join us from the 12th-ranked Calvin men's program. James Cosgrove from the 4th-ranked Trinity, Connecticut men's program will join us. Don Friday from Penn State Harrisburg men's program will join us. And we'll head out west. And Peg Swadener will join us from the Willamette women's basketball program, who are atop the Northwest Conference and certainly turning some heads. Then we'll take some time and tip our hats to the Cabrini Athletics and Men's Basketball Program primarily. John Zeke joins us. He's the former athletics director and men's basketball coach at Cabrini. Then we'll hear from Marcus Kahn, who was at uh, Cabrini, obviously took them to a couple of Final Fours. And then Ryan Van Zels takes some time to talk to us. He's the current head coach, got hired just weeks before the news broke that Cabrini was being taken over by Villanova, and this would be the last year. So we hear from those three gentlemen about Cabrini. And then we'll head into our double-take squad. The men's squad will be up first. Bob Quillman, Ryan Scott, and Matt Snyder will try and squeeze in their dubious, debatable, and deep-dive teams into 30 minutes. And Scott Peterson and Ryan Scott, surprise, surprise, will join us on the women's side as well. So Ryan doing a double-dip there for us in an hour's time then we'll talk to one more basketball coach farmingdale state men's basketball coach brendan twomby will be joining us to talk about his really high-flying one-loss squad 
And then we wrap up the show, or at least guest-wise, with our annual conversation with the National Basketball Committee chairs, Bethany Danley, the the Washington and Lee Associate Athletics Director and Chair on the Women's Committee, and Luke Flakertsy, the Rochester Men's Basketball Coach and Men's National Committee Chair. I will tell you now, we have already talked to them due to schedules. Obviously, uh, Flakertsy has got a game tonight. Uh, as head coach of Rochester. So we actually talked to them already and recorded that interview. Um, There are many questions that have been sent in, and we either got them in in time or your questions will be answered because we happen to hit it. Then we'll wrap up the show. So that's all ahead on an absolutely jam-packed Hoopsville Marathon. We are simulcasting on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, Facebook appeared to hold out through that little glitch that we had there. Uh, with the camera that's where it's normally froze i found a setting that keeps that from happening knock on wood so hopefully facebook will stay now facebook has like a certain amount of time you're allowed to stream for i think before it times out i don't know if we're there or not on this show if we're going to have issues with that timing uh so we will uh we'll double check that and if we have to we'll restart it's very easy to restart a new stream on that of course youtube our simulcast there is very popular uh there's a chat feature on the youtube side of things you're welcome to uh use utilize that um you can also get a hold of us on social medias we've changed our screen at the bottom there you'll see a couple different versions during the show because we changed it after we were talked to a couple of guests uh but primarily uh look for at d3 hoopsville on most of your streaming um or your social media platforms i just remembered now that we didn't mention the marathon on threads so we're going to probably have to do that mid-show you can also use the hashtag hoopsville you can always email us hoopsville at d3sports.com join us on facebook facebook.com slash hoopsville on youtube at youtube.com slash d3 hoopsville we have all the avenues open and we'll certainly look forward to hearing from you throughout the show if you're interested um oh it looks like i've got uh yep i've got a <laughs> misspelling there uh if uh appreciate those uh, out there to help us out i'll fix that um if you uh have questions about the fundraising efforts uh first off you can just go to venmo we have information sitting on the top of your screen there it's also on the show page uh there's also give butter this is this small kind of thing that i i fell into to be completely honest um a couple of years ago and we've used it as kind of a backup for anybody who doesn't want to use venmo those of you who asked us about paypal we're having issues with an account on paypal to be honest and we can't get around those issues so we haven't been able to use paypal unfortunately of course venmo and paypal are the same company ironically enough but if you don't mind using venmo if none of those options are ideal please contact me and i'll let you know how you can donate to the cause um we mentioned Mount St. Joseph sent us a jersey and a couple of T-shirts on a previous show. We want to thank them. We did not have time to get them up on the wall. Uh, but if you are interested in sending us any memorabilia or something to put on the uh, Hoopsville bookshelf or on the wall, contact us and we'll get a place for that somewhere along the lines. Also, uh, lots to talk about in Division Three. obviously, as it's, it's been just absolutely awesome uh, over the uh, over the last few days on on what's been going on Wednesday night was absolutely awesome in terms of Division three basketball of course I was at Gettysburg where I call the games for the bullets and those two games which we'll talk about with their head coaches were absolutely awesome the women got out on Johns Hopkins in a battle for first place in the conference uh, Gettysburg came in a, a game back having lost their only loss in conference play being to Hopkins Hopkins on a 17 game winning streak their only loss of the season to NYU which is the story for everybody at this point in time um 
we uh, they got out to a 15-point lead at one point, maybe larger, I don't remember, and then you kind of expected Hopkins to come storming back, and they most certainly did. Great full-court press from Rodney Rogan's squad. Um, but the Bullets were able to hold on with a big three-pointer late to get up by 10 and keep uh, – Hopkins at bay. Now, Hopkins was not playing with two key players, um, though Gettysburg also not playing with their senior center in Priori, who has been dealing with an injury herself. So it was really the youth of those two programs that that stood tall. It was really impressive to watch. Then the men's game got underway, and after some back and forth for the first quarter of the game, Hopkins men got up and got up by double digits. Gettysburg struggled a little bit to try and get back into that early in or get closer, I should say. They were in it the whole time in the late first half and beginning of the second half. I thought Hopkins was doing a really good job of keeping the bullets at bay. And then something clicked with Gettysburg. They absolutely woke up both defensively and offensively, though they were playing really good defensively the whole game and used a 17-3 run at the end of the game to walk away from that game, essentially. One by eight with a slam at the last second. Um Two huge blocks on three-pointers in the closing minute of that game iced it for the Bullets. They're one of the best. Both teams are one of the best defensive teams on the arc, and I can't wait to talk to both coaches about how that mentality comes to be. But that was the that was just the tip of the iceberg of what was an absolutely outstanding Wednesday. In the ARC, there were good games. CCIW, of course, there were good games. The ODAC, et cetera. There, is, there isn't a night I turn on games in division three where i am not just spellbound by how exciting it is and if you are not tuned into these games if you're not taking a time to go and log on to a game i don't know what else to do to convince you because it is absolutely one of those years where both men and women are just one-upping each other last year was great the previous year was great it just keeps getting better and this final month of the season is going to be absolutely awesome. A um, couple of things to keep in mind. Next week, we'll see our first regional rankings on Tuesday for both. Remember, last year it was men on Tuesday, women on Wednesday. It will be both on Tuesday. The following week, we'll see our first regional rankings that include results versus regionally ranked opponents data, and we'll get our top 16 show. That will appear here on the 15th. Heck, I've even got uh, a graphic ready to go for that. So coming up, oh, got to take down the other graphic. Do you see that a little clearly? Hoopsville exclusive, once again, men's and women's top 16s announcement live on February 15th, 7 o'clock. That's how we'll get that done, and we hope you'll join us for that. That's a big show. Looking forward to that. Uh, after that, we have a third regional ranking uh, ahead of, or really kind of in the midst of conference tournaments, ahead of the final weekend. Then we'll have our selection Sunday special on the 25th. On the 26th will be the bracket breakdown because the 26th is when brackets will be released um, by the Division Three committees. And then we're already in to March Madness, uh, which will start, impressively enough, on March 1st. So lots ahead of us. That's why this marathon exists to some degree, to celebrate Division Three basketball throughout the land going into the final month of the regular season. A little bit different doing this on a Friday due to my scheduling. My voice a little rough because there was a bonkers good game at Towson last night in men's basketball CAA play. Towson men came from behind against Northeastern in the second half. Something like a 24-2 run at one point. Um, and I'm the PA announcer there this season, and it was a lot of fun. So the voice has gotten worn out the last few nights of college basketball. 
With that in mind, we'll take a break and we will get things started with our first guest of the uh, the show. We will talk Loris basketball in the American Rivers Conference. When we come back on the 10th annual D3 or 10th annual Hoopsville Marathon presented by D3Hoops.com, we'll take a break and be back shortly. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. If I lose, I'll respond with respect. If I win, I'll back it up with humility. If I fail, I'll rise up with honor. It's tough for us to put it all on the line. Don't undo my hard work with poor sportsmanship. Respect, it's the name of the game. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, 
Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. Welcome back to Hoopsville. There we go. Get our audio working. The marathon underway here. We'll be going for six plus hours here on the show. Hope you're enjoying it with us. Uh, for the record, door's shut now and Tucker's asleep on the on the beanbag. He's about the only one who's going to be sleeping in this room today. Start our conversations with men's basketball. When it comes to the Loris men's basketball team, they are just one of many who are in the race at the top of the IRC. If you've not checked out the American Rivers standings, I will say things have separated a smidge. Central's now on top at 13. Nope, that's last year. Sorry, hold on. I knew I clicked on the wrong one. Coe's on top at 10-2. and two. They've got a two-game lead on Loris at 8-2. and two. Central's a half yeah, game back uh, of Loris, and Nebraska Wesleyan's in there, but not everybody's played the same amount of games, so it gets a smidge complicated sometimes. Talk about it all, because this has been at sometimes a four-team tie atop the conference is the aforementioned Dewhawks of Loris joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. It is Chris Martin, their head coach, first and foremost coach. Thanks for for being the guinea pig on the 10th Annual Hoopsville Marathon and getting out of the gate early. Um, That might be a smart move by you. Those later in the show may regret it it later. But in the meantime, this is crazy. You guys and three other teams at the very least, arguably four other teams, it's basically a five-horse race right now, atop this conference any night those chanting those standings could completely flip on their heads yeah you know what? it's pretty awesome to be a part of it i think we've got five great teams and on any given year i think two years ago you take dubuque at uh, who's in fifth place right now and started the season i think 13 or 12 and 0 and and playing great before they had one of their best players get a little dinged up um i think in any given year that they're they're in first place when the league maybe haven't lost a game yet and it's just one of those perfect storms in our league where i think we've got a lot of not just good teams, but great teams. And um, it's kind of helped each other out a little bit. You know, I think the YX, ECIW, NESCACs of the world have all benefited from this. UAAs have benefited from this in the past where you have some really good top-end team, not just one or two, because I think the RC in the past has had one or two, maybe three really good teams. But when you get the, you know, four or five up there um, that are really special, uh, it, it helps it helps each other. You know, you start to root for each other in the non-cons. You start to root uh, for different things. And so uh, it's been cool to be a part of it. It's cool for our players to every single night and every gym. We're going to Central on Saturday and everybody's playing for conference championships all the time. And as opposed to in other times, you know, you got it's a one or two horse race. And, you know, we still have uh, five or six games left. Some teams, four games left in the conference season. And, and every single night, I think everybody's playing for something. So it's pretty cool to be a part of. Yeah. It, I mean, you got to be a little careful because you don't want to, you know, the really weird term, you don't want to eat your, your young because you don't want to, you don't want to kind of beat each other up so much that you kind of 
you end up handing too many losses. But at the same time, you want everybody to battle this out. And 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 the craziness is the fun, right? So it's a catch-22. Yeah, you easily could have a couple of teams here. Not all of them. Uh, there's a six-loss central team sitting in there. But you could have a lot of teams kind of in the mix uh, at the end here of, of getting in the NCAA tournament, which could do all kinds of damage to brackets, to say yeah. the least. Um, was this what you all expected? Because I don't remember kind of, you know, listening around the conference that anyone thought this would be this many teams on the top battling it out. You know what? It was weird when the preseason rankings came out. It was kind of, I think everybody was all over the board a little bit on who's, who was ranked where and who coaches thought were going to be good. Obviously central return, you know, amazing players and just about everybody, but one of their guys. And so they were obviously uh, a favorite, but past that, I think it was a, it was a, a mixed bag on where everybody thought they were going to fit. You know, co got hot at the right time last year and have two really awesome players and unbelievable players. And, and they won the conference tournament last year versus us. And then, you know, they go in the national tournament and then they return and in you know nebraska wesleyan is was young and they're still young for crying out loud and they're awesome and then ud robbie does just an amazing job year in a year out they're just such a well-coached team and, and they do a really robbie does an amazing job fitting more pieces into the team and every year they stink and win 17 to 22 games for kind of loss. So they, he just does a great job so no i didn't know that we would be uh have five teams that were really special you know, really, really good. But I did think it was going to be a, a a mixed bag at the top there. And, it, you know, talking about beating up on each other and what's root for. I was talking to one of our players, and I think some coach, some programs are like, all right, block that stuff out and and try and focus. And you got to do that, and, and you got to win games. But th- this is the fun time of season, you know? Like, it, it's enjoyable to have people talking about you and tweeting about you. And we tell guys, yeah, like, there's no secret what we're playing for. Everybody's playing to cut down nets. Everybody's playing to go to the national tournament and make a run. Let's not dance around that. Let's not let's embrace it and enjoy that pressure. Pressure is a privilege. And we talk to our guys about that all the time. And so the guys, uh, Declan Curlick and Miles Berry sitting in here yesterday talking and talking about pool C stuff. And I was like, we're, we're kind of dissecting some stuff. I'm like, well, we're trying to win a conference championship, but we're also trying to get some teams in our league in the national tournament. And they might be, you know, counter each other you know you might be rooting for to win a league yeah let's have some upsets and let's win this conference championship and and have but then let's get a bunch of teams in this in this national tournament and have some great quality wins and that type of thing and they might be going against each other a little bit and so it was a really interesting conversation that none of us had really thought about before um but it's a cool experience to be in and it's it's a situation and it's cool for other teams in our league to be feeling the same thing and you know with two two and a half weeks left in the season to, to go um it's cool for so many teams and so many players to be able, be in this experience and, and to sit in it you guys uh were kind of on a roll there for a while the only one that's been a <laughs> a fly in the ointment for your season <laughs> at 17 and 2 8 and 2 in conference play is co the cohawks mm-hmm. have, have have said to the Dewhawks, uh sit aside please mm-hmm. uh you have lost to them twice by two at their place back in uh around thanksgiving and then at your place, they beat you by 11. Otherwise, you've gotten all the key victories. What's it have been about the Cohawks that, that you guys can't seem to figure out, or at least they're doing better? Yeah, give Brian my credit. They, they are playing really well, and their strength this year, I think, as opposed to other years, is they're just – 
they've got some guys that are seasoned vets that are all filled our roles really well. Like their puzzle pieces, he's really put them in the right spots. You're going to have starters that maybe, you know, shoot three times and play 35 minutes and just defensive stoppers. And then you have a guy come off the bench and doesn't shoot the three, but he just drives it. And everybody knows he's going to drive it, but he's just physical and tough. And then you got guys that are defenders. And obviously you got Kale and TJ Schnur at the, at the, their two key players that are just unbelievable players and, and first team all league guys and so when you put a bunch of puzzle pieces and a really good players around those two guys and everybody buys into it, it it's a really tough out for I think anybody and so you know matchup wise that's been a, a struggle for us we got them twice in the regular season last year and then they got us in the conference tournament and so we're hoping if we face them again we're going to flip the tables a little bit that's what that's what we're counting on that's what we're counting on a little bit but they're they're just well coached just like everybody else I think in, in our league and and uh yeah they got us so I, I think in those games um you know we we were winning I think at their place for 35 minutes and of the game and we're winning our place for 25 to 27 minutes and and they just turn up some of that pressure and some of that physicality and we got to respond better and uh our guys know that and I think uh, uh we faced the challenge and we came back bounced back against Nebraska Wesley and same type of thing and played one of our more physical better games on the especially on the defensive side Talk to me about your team. You seem to have a makeup that I'm getting pretty com- pretty commonly seeing, is what I should say, as I stumble through that. A handful of upperclassmen, seniors and juniors, who certainly have a lot of that experience, and then a, 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 a wealth of sophomores and freshmen as kind of that recruiting after COVID has gotten back to its norm. Uh, as a result, you kind of have a variety here in terms of who's leading the way when anybody looks at the cumulative stats. Uh, Ali Sebet leading the way at 18 and a half points a game you've got we should point out five basically five guys in double figures jackson molstead at 13 and a half jack haynes at, at nearly 13 tyler bass at 12 um and declan um Kurl, uh 9.7 we we round up here so we'll, we'll yeah, call like that it. 10 um and they all pull down rebounds i mean what's impressive is that haynes and bass are pulling down uh 6.3 and 7 point boards per contest and you know, Molstead might be second on the team in scoring, but he hands out the most assists. You've got an interesting uh, group there of five players that kind of mix both the the experience and the youth a little bit on this team and really seem to co- coexist pretty nicely. Yeah, you know what? We've been uh, blessed that on any given night, we've had different guys step up. Obviously, Ali and, and Jackson Molstead are, are their point guard and shooting guard, and they score a bunch. And and But, you know, last last game against Wartburg, they didn't have their best game, and Declan Curlick had 20-plus, and, and Tyler Bass had 20-plus. I think we've had seven guys. I was talking to my wife last night. Uh, we've had seven guys this season score 20-plus points in a game. And I think that's a, a good thing to have. And I think that's what good teams have. Sometimes if if you only have one or two or maybe even three guys that are able to to just do the scoring, sometimes scouting reports and because there, there's no secrets these days. And, you know, you know what everybody's doing and, and teams can game plan and do some stuff to try to shut those guys down, which in the past recent history, um, having Ali, who's averaging 20 a game over the past couple of years, I think teams really focused on him and say, hey, you know, let's shut him down. Let's really focus on him and make some of these other guys beat us. I think this year it's kind of changed a little bit. Jack Haynes, you know, last year playing minimal minutes this year starting for us half the season now in that role and shooting a great percentage and being able to score and then getting Jackson Molstead as a, as a transfer uh, point guard for us has really helped us as, as a whole. He just 
change the culture a little bit. Not that we had a bad culture by any stretch of imagination, but you take a guy that could have stayed as a last institution and averaged 20 plus a game and, and done whatever he transfers in for his, for his last year, just because he wants to be a part of what he thinks and what we think is, is a successful season. It just changed the mojo and the thought process from some of our guys. And so having Jack and, and those guys, the miles and, and miles, miles Barry and Declan Curley, two of our best leaders that I just, at the guard spot, we have all old dudes. And then maybe at the forward spot, we got some young guys. And and I and I hate the tall guys are going to beat me up at practice today, but it's a guard's game. And they, they're going to really dominate the ball a lot of times, or at least dictate where that ball ends up. And when you have a bunch of old dudes, and that's the thing I was talking to uh, some of the other coaches in our league, like, like Brian Martin at uh, Co and like Joe at uh, Central, when you get a bunch of old dudes out there, um, especially in that guard spot, it, it makes us as coaches look a lot smarter and a lot better than we probably are. You know, you get guys that have been in these situations before and guys that have that have handled the ball and guys that have, you know, been in a pressure type of situation. And then you just trust them and lean on them. And I think that's been a blessing to have four guards that are, that are, you know, fifth year seniors or, or fourth year seniors. It makes, makes uh, coaching a lot easier. And by the way, two of your guys were listed as red shirt on the roster. I was looking at it through me at Molstead and uh, Sabat are, are fifth years. And so you actually have more seniors there than, than I, than I alluded to, but yeah, and most of coming in from Wartburg, I mean, that that obviously has helped uh, quite a bit uh, of this team kind of take the next evolutionary step. But even looking back, you already had guys who felt like they had unfinished business. A 17 and 11 last season, 18 and 9 the year before, kind of in the middle of the uh, ARC. Uh, on teams that I felt from the outside, you all thought you were better than maybe your record was kind of giving it off. What was the mentality going into this season of, and you maybe said, you know, most said coming in maybe helped a little of this, but what was the mentality of understanding we got to get over this hump? We're, we're mm-hmm. there, but we're not getting it done where we need to get it done. Where, where was that change and how did it happen? Yeah, it really felt like the shortcomings in the past couple of years were really just finishing closer games. And I feel like it was just one of those things where guys, you know, we had some a bunch of moving parts like a lot of teams do and finding ways to make it easier for them and make their lives easier. Having Jack come in and uh, just change the dynamics of where, you know, moving Miles Berry off the point guard spot and being able to be our best guard defender and putting him in a different spot to be able to you know catered his strengths i think i think was a big part of it but we just talked about it and we just owned it and we didn't dance around it and we understand over the past couple years we felt like we underachieved a little bit based on our goals and who we are and how hard we work and that type of things and and so our guys really buckled down and accepted and and not only accepted but embraced and wanted to be coached and wanted to be coached sometimes we have seniors yeah we just let them play in games and and we get out there and serve them and love them but in practice we push them and they want that and they embrace that and they're like yeah this is it's not been the taste in our mouths we wanted over the past couple seasons and it's not been the taste in the mouth that we wanted either it's just kind of left that thing and so the guys have really said hey let's do it we're all in it's kind of our last go around for some of these older dudes and uh so it's just changed the mojo at practice a little bit and and just embracing doing everything we've asked them to do, you know, into game situations in the past, I think we've gone to, you know, past couple of years, Ali, cause he's just able to score that thing. He put the orange thing in the orange thing, you know, and this year, you know, against central when we won the last 
couple seconds. We went to, you know, a sophomore and Jack Haynes, and he hit the last second shot with uh, one or two seconds left. We've gone to Declan Curlick late in the game. We went to Jackson Molstead. And so being able to change that up on different teams and have other guys step up has been uh, quite the blessing, quite the blessing for us. Quickly back to your schedule. Uh, you've got an interesting kind of run here. First, you've got a makeup game with Simpson in the mixed here. So you'll have Central first, then you'll have Simpson, then Buena Vista, then Simpson. Luther then Dubuque. So the, yeah, obviously you've got a, a couple of games against one of the opponents you haven't seen yet. The other thing, too, is you'll start with Central, you'll end with Dubuque, but in the middle is the bottom half of the conference. On an outside looking in, I always kind of get a little nervous about those kinds of things because it's like, all right, big game against Central, big game against Dubuque, but you better not sleep on the ones at the bottom because they're going to be the ones that are going to ruin your plans because you're looking past them. Yeah, and we, we talk about it. I mean, I will be honest with you, Warburg's only got three or four wins, and, and we were losing at halftime uh, the other night. And I think, you know, sometime – and it was coming back after a big game against Nebraska Wesleyan, and, and I felt like we played really well. And uh, luckily, I think we got slapped in the face a little bit the other night, and we didn't have to take the loss to learn that lesson. And I'm hoping, as a, as a senior group, we're able to face it. And, I, you know, we talk about every game being the biggest game of the season. It, it, like I said earlier – Pressure is a privilege, and the fact that the, these games are going to build on themselves, and, and the more you win, the more you know, the more intense, and and more you're playing for, and and all of that stuff. And so we just really face it head on and talk about it, and let our guys hopefully understand it and feel it. But yeah, you better believe we talk about uh, and we understand the difference between Central and getting in these games. And and Simpson's an unbelievably talented offensive team. They can score it with the best of them. I think they're averaging a ton of points. Same thing, BV. Trevor does a great job scoring. I think our league as a whole offensively has been uh, coming from the CCIW and, and watching division. We just are off. We just score in this league. And I don't know what it is. I don't know uh, if it's recruiting or coaches or, you know, the way that's efficient. I don't know what, but our league scores and on any given night, you're going to get a couple teams in a hundred points for sure. And so we understand that the challenges behind that. And um, I'm, I'm optimistic and, and excited. That we get some old dudes facing that versus some young guys. Well, Chris, appreciate the time. Uh, we could dive into so many other topics, including your time in Germany as a head coach uh, after your uh, Elmer's experience. But we've only got so much on the marathon. we we got to pace yep. ourselves. We'll get you back Next time. another Next time. time. Absolutely. But congratulations on what you all have been able to do uh, this season and what has been an absolutely fun conversation to have about the ARC. It, it's hard to go a hoop so without mentioning that conference and that race so far in the last few weeks. But in the meantime, we always give the guests the final word. You get to, you get to start this one yeah. off today. Any final awesome. thoughts awesome. you want to share with those tuned in? I'm going to stay with, I've been on this uh, show a couple of times. I'm saying the same thing and theme. And I, one, obviously you're amazing. We appreciate the hype and everything you create for uh, D3 groups and, and your team behind you, which I know is awesome. But I want to thank all the spouses, significant others, families, kids, everything of behind the coaches and sports information directors and athletic directors and referees we get the fun part of this thing you know i get to hang out with my assistant coaches and and our women's coaches and and i get to hang out with a bunch of college kids that are awesome that love basketball and a lot of times my wife and 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 our kids are picking up the short end of the stick you know they get to come to games they enjoy that stuff but during the season it's a lot and i know that's the the same thing for a lot of coaches a lot of a lot of you know coaches families and and trainers families and so i just want to give a huge shout out to those people because they don't get the fun part they don't get as much of the fun part as we get and so 
oh, uh, we're blessed to have those families and support because if we didn't have that, if I didn't have that, my wife and my kids, um, if I didn't have that, uh, I couldn't be doing the job that I love and that I'm blessed to have. So we appreciate the families of all those people. Well said. I think we may just stop the uh, the question uh, for the rest of the show. I don't think anything can beat that. That's that's perfect. I thank my family and my kids too. So I I absolutely agree with you, wife especially. Hey Chris, thanks so much. Good luck the rest of the season. Look forward to talking about the Dewhawks down the. I have a feeling we'll we'll be talking to you sometime in the near future. I hope so. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate Take you. Take care, Chris. Thank you, Chris Martin, joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, talking Loris men's basketball and the crazy ARC again. They got Central coming up on Saturday, uh, and then they're again Simpson Buena Simpson Luther Dubuque. So the good thing is Cent- Central's on the road, Dubuque at home, so that'll work out for them. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will head to the Northeast. Right? No, hold on. What am I doing? I can't even remember my own show. Uh, hold on. We'll get there. Uh, yeah, Northeast. I'm right. We're going to MIT talking women's basketball with the engineers in what is another crazy conference race an absolutely logger jam in the top of the new Mac. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3hoops.com. It's the marathon edition for the love of the game. But for those of us who are division three student athletes, it's more than that. A lot more. Sure. The game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete. You're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, be a positive influence. That's being a responsible person. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% will go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. Get those, get those, go, go, go. 
We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at NABC1927. That's nabc.com or NABC1927 on social media. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete, you're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, being a positive influence. That's being a responsible person. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% will go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. Just on the Hoopsville Hotline. 
It's Lou Robinson Gibbs who joins us to talk about her engineers squad, who is 14 and 6 overall, but 5 and 1 in New Mac play. Coach, we'll talk about the six on that side in a moment because I am intrigued a little bit about it. But in the meantime, listen, Smith goes to the Final Four last year. I'm pretty sure all of you went, all right, we know where the bar is. Did you think you'd all get there this year? <laughs> uh, not quite, but it's always fun to support, you know, a fellow New Mac team. And I think, you know, what Coach Hersey has done with that program over, you know, the last couple of years has been incredible to to watch and be a part of. And it's always so fun to, you know, always scheme and go against, you know, teams like that. And it's, you know, you talk about in the locker room, that's exactly what you're striving to is to be on that stage. And so when someone from your conference does it, it always feels a little bit more attainable, um, especially I think sometimes there's the usual ones that you always hear of like this team, this team, this team. Um, and I think in recent years, there's been so much parody and it's fun to see other names rise into the conversation. Yeah, definitely different names in the conversation. At one point, I think this was a five-way tie for first place within the last week with Smith, Springfield, yourself. I think Coast Guard and Babson, I've lost track, um, because Coast Guard, Clark and Babson are now all tied, not technically for second, for for fourth, at four and two (laughs) in conference play with Emerson and and WPI at two and four, Wheaton at one and five, Wellesley, uh, interestingly, Wellesley at 0 and 6, Mount Holyoke at 0 and 6. The one trick with all this, of course, is that you all play each other essentially once. Um, right. And you only so get one game is huge. bite at the apple. Now, in the GNAC, they're doing that, but because they're just way too big and they, didn't, they, they went away from divisional play. What's this one time through the New Max, a nice idea, but it this one shot at it can be risky. It's definitely risky. And I think what we ultimately wanted to do was to – give us more opportunities to have a higher strength of schedule and schedule, you know, some really solid out of conference, out of region teams within region teams. um, So that way we could have a chance at potentially more at large bids. You know, I think we looked at kind of what the NESCAC was doing and seeing, you know, they're regularly, regularly sending two, three, sometimes four teams into the, you know, NCAA tournament. And so I think that that was part of the conversation of, you know, we want that opportunity too. And, the only way we're going to do that is by, you know, getting on the road and playing some of these teams. I'll hit my mic there. Lou. <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, Lou Robinson Gibbs joining us here talking about the MIT engineers. Coach, let's go back a little bit to how you all got. Th- My microphone keeps dropping out on me. I apologize to the fans just seeing my lips move. Let's go back to the start of your season where you were two and two to get things started, but you had a really interesting start to this because you you played a manual and got a win by 18. Then you played NYU, and as I've said, everybody's lost to NYU. 88-55 was your loss, but then you beat Wash U 70-58 um, in an event that had a couple of really good teams at it. Um, then, and it was basically the the, the opening of... of, of of everybody's season there. So you kind of take a lot from that. Then you played Colby at home and lost them, but then you beat Tufts right out of that. And that seemed to give you a lot of momentum to carry on because you included a win over Trinity Connecticut in there. um, And you really got rolling through the rest of December. So it seemed like, you know, tough start to the season, but that Tufts game kind of opened things up and really showed how good you guys could be this season. 
Yeah, that was, I mean, a really fun first semester out of the gate scheduling. You know, I know the team and some other people were kind of like, is this really going to be our schedule? And I was like, yes, you know, we we talk about we want to be on this stage. We want to make some noise. That's how we're going to do it. And, you know, I felt really strongly about our team and, you know, the talent and the preparation that we put in that we could compete, um, you know, with some of those teams. And um, I think it really gave our team a lot of confidence, you know, to go out and just kind of see, you know, with NYU and WashU and, you know, being able to compete and then stealing that, um, you know, really being able to put that toughs game down and win in a tight competition. Um, and then gave our team some confidence to finish the first semester um, in a strong way and kind of put an exclamation point on, on different things and, and um, just sort of put ourselves in, you know, a little bit of that conversation and um, show like when we prepare, when we execute, you know, some of the things that we're capable of. The only Disadvantage was you rolled into 2024 probably with a lot of confidence and three teams decided to bop you on the nose a little bit. Three good teams, we should point out. Obviously, Smith, you played them tough. Uh, they got you, though, 82-54 on January 3rd. Then you went up to Maine Maritime, who looks like to be a sneaky good team, um, and lost them 68-61. And then you lost at home to Springfield 79-72. So three-game losing streak coming out of 2024. This is about that time where I'm like, when do I pick a new Mac team? <laughs> at what point? That's got to be a little concerning because you're playing so well in December. You start January on a three-game slide. That can absolutely derail things. How did you guys, A, get back to understanding what you wanted to accomplish and get a win, which you did against Clark by 15 on the road, but B, how did you all not fall into that trap? That skid was definitely tough, and you know, to go into some of those opponents, um, we, coming out of the break, had a little bit of the injury and illness bug, so you know, playing Smith, Maine Maritime, and Springfield – with some of their excellent post play um, and us not being at full strength at the post position, I think hurt us a little bit. And I think we kind of knew, you know, taking an asterisk out of that, of, you know, that's not how we typically play. Um, And, you know, our execution wasn't quite where it needed to be in that attention to detail. And I think in all three of those games, it came down to, closing them, you know, being competitive for the first, you know, three and a half quarters and not being able to, um, you know, close the door. And so we talked a lot about, you know, how do we, how do we close games and what are the things that we do well? Um, and so we went on another little bit of a, of a win streak before a setback against a very good Middlebury team this week. And and I think we just, you know, know how we need to execute, especially sitting here with five new Mac games left and going through some of the toughest part of the new Mac, you know, we see Smith again, we see Coast Guard tomorrow. Um, we've got Babson next week as well. Uh, so, you know, seeing some of those teams that we're all in that log jam with uh, is is really difficult. And I think our team kind of knows, you know, what's what's at stake here. Yeah, the interesting twist to all this, as we talked about going through the conference once, is that Smith game wasn't a conference game. It was a right. non-conference game. So in some reality, you've got the benefit here, especially if you can take advantage of it, of already having that, seen them, understand what your your weaknesses were, and go attack them again now. Um, the advantage, too, is it's at home. So kind of a catbird seat here a little bit in, in terms of the conference race and what you can maybe do with it here all these weeks later. Yeah, it's at home. It's senior day. 
Um, you know, we have a grad student, we've got one senior. Um, and so being able to, you know, a little bit extra excitement, a little extra energy in playing for them. It's a home game. Um, and, you know, I think, again, like you mentioned, you know, it's kind of like we know we know where we went wrong. Um, Smith is an excellent team, and I know they're going to always prepare well and have something up their sleeve for us. And, um, you know, we've got to be ready and, you know, to kind of weather those emotions and, and push through and execute. There's no time I don't think Lynn Hersey's got a team that's ready. Uh, it's amazing what she's been able to do. But it's great <laughs> to see the rest of the conference kind of rise up to that level as well hey you talk about your team let's talk about them um again you got a couple of grad students uh or a grad student a senior a handful of juniors but a lot of youth on this team first and foremost we don't say this lightly you know a lot of people talk about caltech playing basketball and sports and all that and how they've improved they're trying to emulate all you because mit and wpi and rit and all these programs who are so successful while being such difficult engineering and other types of institutions is not something to take lightly. These students, especially a grad student, is absolutely tied up in everything else. That balance for these students has got to be amazing. I'd love to get a quick little insight on what your your student athletes are doing when they're not with you. Uh, we've got a lot of students right now. We're still in our winter session. Today is the last day of our winter session that we call IAP. So we're not fully in second semester classes yet. Um, and a lot of them are doing re- research. Um, we have a couple with internships. And so, you know, that's what they're doing all day. They're, you know, doing testing in labs and medical research. And then, you know, they show up to practice and film in the afternoon. And um, it's really incredible, you know, what they're able to balance. And, you know, when you you talk to them about their classes and they're rattling off, you know, all of this, you know, vocab and just the opportunities that they have outside of basketball is incredible. And I feel super fortunate that, you know, they're still so dedicated that with all of these other opportunities around them that they still, you know, dedicate some time to hang out with me and and play a little basketball. Play a little basketball is yeah. exactly right. Uh, just a couple majors to read off. Computer science, economics, and data science. I don't know if that's a single, a trip, double, or a triple. Civil and, engi- and, and environmental engineering. Business analytics. Computer science and business analytics. Artificial intelligence and decision making. Business analytics and computer science, economics, and data science. I know that's a, a multiple major, I can tell. Uh, com- computation and cognitation. Or cognition, I'm sorry. Easy for me to say. Chemical, biological <laughs> engineering. Electrical engineering, computer science, chemical engineering um undecided come on sydney uh humanities and science (laughs) computation and cognition again another undecided from april brain and cognitive science and mechanical engineering yeah i stood no chance um just i love this team and and then to go on top of that you've got three players in double figures for a team that averages 70 and a half points a game 16 and a half from christina i'm not going to butcher her last name on air that's just not fair uh 16 points from angie choi choi uh and comsi i'm gonna butcher these names i'm just gonna stop now 12 and a half from comsi obviously it's that trio i know it's not just that trio but that trio is obviously very key for you yeah, that trio has been incredible all season long. I think between, you know, the three of them, they get a lot of attention from other teams. And uh, it's kind of, you know, pick your poison. Are you going to try to stop Angie and Christina? And then, you know, what resources do you have down low with with Campsy? And if you're going to put your resources down low, you know, kind of who who do you let go off? And, you know, Angie is having an incredible run. You know, she's in the top five or six and three-point shooting in the country right now, even held on to the number one spot for a couple weeks. And, 
you know, so she's shooting the ball well, she creates so well, um, which just really makes us so much better. Um, And then in terms of whoever else is, you know, going to contribute within that other five, um, our center, Alice Hall is coming back from um, an illness and is really starting to shine and come into her own these last couple of games. And so it's, it's really exciting to kind of see who's going to step up into those supporting roles and, and really help us, you know, to continue to to drive and create and make things happen. And for our, our lead scores, but also, you know, for themselves. A program that I think has been overlooked a little bit, 17 and 10, eight and two in conference last year, 12 and 10 the year before seven and three, obviously a former coach who's now in the NBA, Got a lot of attention, but since she left, it feels like you guys have flown a little under the radar. Has this been a team we've been sleeping on? I think a little bit, but I also think there's some, and, you know, we talked a lot, you know, I think Christina has been around for a while. She's seen a new MAC championship. She's tasted NCAAs. And I think part of, you know, what we've talked about is being able to really close some of those games and, I think sometimes it's, you know, oh, MIT, it's nice that they're here um, and not really sort of, you know, really digging into what we have on the court. And, you know, I think it's kind of one of those, like, if you know, you know, and some people have really started to support and and see us grow. And I think you're just going to continue to see us grow over this time. You know, we have a really great core of players that will be back next year. And I think we have, you know, the capabilities and as with most things, it, you know, it just takes that opportunity. It just takes that, you know, one game, you know, that we close and it's a different story, you know, going back to, you know, Tufts and Trinity. And I think that's sort of when people started to pay attention and, you know, after Tufts, it was kind of, you know, Oh, maybe it's a one-off. And I think Trinity helps, you know, put us a little bit more in that conversation and, you know, I do know the three-game skid didn't help us, but, uh, you know, we hope to have a strong finish to the season. Obviously, uh, you're not from Division Three as a Bentley grad, but there's something about this division and this school that you love because you're an assistant and associated coach for about seven or some eight-odd years at MIT. You departed and went to Vassar to take over that program, and when this job opened, you returned. This This must feel like home for you. It does. I think, you know, I'm so grateful to the opportunity that Coach Raman gave me probably, I don't know, 13 years ago now, 13, 14 years ago now. Um, but it's just kind of, you know, back to talking about the academic piece of it. I just think I've felt so supported here and just our players. It it really is amazing the things that they do outside of the sport um, and that they still take so much time to dedicate and you know, our players are are in the weight room, they're watching film, they're doing, you know, all of these things. Like even this morning, I'm getting texts from players about film and they're watching stuff on their own. And, um, you know, they want to come into meet. It's, you know, they want to be better and they want to help grow this program. Um, and I think that that is something that is just such a joy to be a part of. Um, and so I'm just grateful, you know, to be here. And I'm originally from the area. So it was also, you know, kind of a nice homecoming. I get it. Just make sure Larry leaves you alone, okay? If you need to, I'll call him. I'll, I'll, I'll See, he's right him. next door. See, I know, I know. And if he and if he's not banging down your door now, he will be shortly. Yeah. Hey, uh, Lou, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Getting the insight of the MIT engineers. Uh, an interview I've had on the on my piece of paper since uh, late November, and I we should have gotten to it sooner, but I'm glad we got to you when we could. As always, we have a guest, or we allow the guest to have the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those tuned in? 
Uh, just thank you to to you, Dave, for all you do. You know, it's always fun following the coverage of, you know, D3 Hoops and Hoopsville. Um, and I think just to all of, you know, our entire village at MIT and our players and everything that makes it go. And, you know, my my family that is at games and puts up with, you know, the crazy schedule and uh, all of our families, too. We have players from all around the country. And, you know, the fact that we have, you know, regular faces at games, um, you know, on the road and at home is is just amazing. And so I uh, just thank you. And I hope you're you're ready for a big push to end the season. Oh, there's a big push. Uh, that's for sure. you got some big games yourself. So good luck the rest of the way. We'll look forward to hopefully talking about the engineers come the end of the month as well. Take care and we'll talk soon. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Lou Robinson Gibbs joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Great to chat with her again. They're on the road against Coast Guard coming up next. Then home against Babson and Smith, which are obviously three huge games. Wheaton on the road. And then Salve Regina on the road at the end there. Of course, remember, Salve Regina now part of that new Mac. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll keep talking women's basketball. We'll head out to Webster. Talk about the Slyak and an undefeated team who's not even getting a vote in the top 25s. I'm not saying there's a problem with that. I'm just curious what their take on it is. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. I used to never really talk, ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Division three allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. 
Division III in athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. We are calling you, all of you. We are calling all Division III schools to join our cause. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division III. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Making sure my audio worked that time. Um, women's basketball continues to be the theme. There's an undefeated team who's not getting any top 25 attention. I don't know if that's right or wrong. We'll find out from our top 25 voters later on whether what their thoughts are on the Gorlocks of Webster, the Slyak Conference. They are, as we mentioned, undefeated at 20-0, 13-0 in conference action. What does it all mean in the grand scheme of things? I don't know. I, that's why we talk to the experts, or at least their coaches, Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline on the second hour of this marathon, it's Jordan Olofsson, the head coach of the Gorlocks women's basketball team, who we should point out was 24-4 and last season, 25-1 and the year before. We were in this boat two years ago talking about Webster being undefeated. And actually, they had a pretty good run to the NCAA tournament and pretty good tight, uh, game in the first round there. Uh, went wire to wire, and Mary Harden Baylor lost by three. Coach, that feels a little deja vu today. Yeah, Dave, you know, I, I feel like uh, we just did this just the other day. So we we appreciate the, the love and having us back. I, I Listen, I know you're undefeated, but I think you guys also know what probably everyone else thinks is, is you know, there's only so much you can do with what you have on, on, the, confer- or the, on the schedule slate, starting with the conference. I'm not trying to knock anyone, um, but do, does it get a little frustrating that – that you, you still aren't getting maybe the respect you all think you deserve? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little frustrating, but at the same time, you know, I, I tell our players all the time, if you get ranked, you're not going to win the next game because of a ranking or whatnot. So, you know, I, maybe it's the motivation to get a little chip on your shoulder. Uh, I think our program is about earning everything. So, you know, if you want it, earn it. And, um, you know, obviously it'd be great to have it, but we're uh, I tell our kids we're, we're – Rise up, heads down, move forward. So, you do have a win over uh, sixteen and four center. Uh, you beat them at the end of December, eighty six seventy four, along with everything else. So, you do have a, a at least a nice marquee win sitting on that slate. But conference play is obviously where it's the most important in all of this. You're walking away with this conference once again. Principia, uh, Westminster are tied at nine and four, sitting you know essentially four games back of you. And then there's Greenville, five games back, eight and five. Spalding is back by seven at seven and six. Then the rest of the conference. Does this get to a tough point in the season where you 
are playing so well, you're doing well, you're undefeated, you're in the midst of the conference race, and the one thing you don't want to afford is a is a loss or two to a conference foe you shouldn't be losing to. Is it hard to keep it going and stay focused knowing there's just that little gremlin sitting around the corner? Yeah, I mean, I, I we, we don't talk about most of that. I mean, we're so focused on the day-to-day, like getting better. Um, you know, obviously, we, we kind of tell them, like, you, we can't have a hiccup. Um, and also at the same time, like you don't want to just get in, right. You don't want to just get to the national tournament. It's, we got to like get better every day. We got to, you know, our execution on the offensive side, defensive side has to be, you know, keep going up. Uh, I always talk about how coaches say, you know, well, teams are linear. It's always going up and down. And I ask our kids all the time, why, why does it have to be that? Why can't we just slowly get better every single day? So I think our players do a really good job of, staying focused on what we need to do and um and and, and understanding that we're we're, we're hopefully we're, we're playing for something bigger down the road but i think our kids do a pretty good job and this group that we've had they were freshmen two years ago when we were 25 and one um so i think they they understand that uh you know it's it's hard and and you know what we're doing now is awesome but if there's a bigger there's a bigger goal and and um I think this group that experienced that uh, Mary Harden Baylor game, and even last year with Whitewater, for three quarters it was a game, you know. And they're back and they're motivated, and we talk about it all the time. Um, and uh, so, yeah, whoever's in front of us, obviously we have the much respect for for our game tomorrow with Principia and, and next week. But I do think it's about us and our growth, uh, just getting better. Yeah, you should point out down by five going into the fourth quarter against Whitewater last year. Uh, before they opened up a can, which they did to a lot of teams, to be fair. Uh, again, the yep. three-point loss in the first round to Mary Harden Baylor two years ago. You mentioned a lot of these players know that. Is it still motivation, or is it more about understanding? Like, is it motivating, hey, we got to get better, or and we can do better, or next time we're going to get a win? Or is it understanding that this is where we need to be, and so we need to keep working? Yeah, I, I think it's 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 probably more understanding. Um you know, yeah, we've been quote. There's no moral victories, but I, I do think it's understanding what we need to do and what we can control and what we need to bring every day. Um, so I, I think our kids have done a really good job with the maturity, maturity side of things, of understanding the practice side of. We're, we feel like we're we're close. We feel like we're we can kind of get over the hump, whatever that means, um, in terms of what we can do. But I feel like we our program should be there. But you know. We got to make sure we're doing it every day, no matter, you know, there's, there's no guarantees in three weeks from now. I tell our kids this, you got five games. That's what you're guaranteed. That's it. So, yeah, that's a great point. Talk to me about this team. It's a, it's a little bit, um, unlike some of the guests we've had over the last few weeks, it's a little bit more, uh, upperclassmen heavy. You've got yeah. five seniors slash graduate students. You've got, I've lost track of how many juniors, and then less sophomores and freshmen. It's more about your experience and a team that that has, as you said, that experience from the Mary Harden-Baylor game two years ago. That's great to lean on, certainly, and 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 you're doing so. Um, how do you fit, though, the sophomores and freshmen in to start getting them that experience, too? You know, I feel like we, we've got a really good freshman that's really coming along. Uh, Megan is, is really, from day one to now, uh, is really kind of – locked her spot into a rotation and her growth. We, we kind of call her quick six. Uh, she's able to get out there and get a quick six buckets for us. Um, and so I, and I think her team supports her. 
uh, and it's the older kids that are helping to bring her along and being her biggest supporter. So, you know, I do feel like we've, we've got some youth stepping in, um, some sophomores. Uh, you know, Elaine is, is starting to do a little bit more in practice. But we are, you know, our, our experience comes from our juniors and seniors and, and graduate kids. So, I, you know, you know, everything that one thing I think that's been really important for us is the maturity of Bethany Lancaster, where against Memphis, I believe she had 26 or, or at Rhodes um, against Bay Hard Baylor. She had 26. Yeah, Coach, um, Memphis but, is a whole different team. Just, just for- I know, I know. Uh, but I do think like her maturity uh, just every day has really helped us. Obviously, she, she's a factor for us. Um, you know, Julie Bondistel decided to take her COVID year, which was massive um, for us. Um, you know, Kate Rolfus is shooting the heck out of the basketball. Uh, and that's a kid that we knew that transferred in that could really shoot it. Um, you know, Emily Wilson is is really kind of coming to her own as a as a as a as a junior, staying healthy. Um, you know, Jordan Grimes has done a really good job from a from a point guard standpoint. Um, you know, but she's a, she's a heck of a defender. Um, and I do think as a sophomore that I I think really pushing things for us is Claire Williams. She's playing well. Um, she's she's getting comfortable. Um, you know, our, we, we play faster when she's out there. So I feel like we got so many different dynamics uh, with our team, um, even like Nisa Gilchrist, who to me is one of the best defenders in the country. So we've got depth, and I feel like we can kind of play different ways. We can play fast. If we need to play slow, we can play slow. So I feel like we're getting a lot of, a lot of uh, production from different people every night. Now, one of the people you mentioned – uh, scores less than five points a game. You're led by Julia at 16 points a game. Kate Rolfs at 13 and a half, 12 and a half for Bethany Lancaster, 12 and a half for Emily Wilson, seven and a half for Jordan, five and a half for Nisa, five for Claire. Not one of them shoots better, l- less than 42% from the floor. You're talking about Rolfs, 50% for her, but Lancaster is 54%, 56% for Wilson. Rolfs also shoots 37% from beyond the arc and don't foul her. She she's only missed one so far this season. Um that's a that's a lot of different options for you all. So and I mean this out of respect for the Slack, where do you guys get your challenge now moving forward to prepare you for a potential NCAA tournament game? Or is it internal? That like do you set up your own internal challenges to achieve that will get you ready? You know, yesterday um, I, I was kind of unhappy with how we played on Wednesday night. I thought we were kind of lacked focus and, and whatnot. Um, I was so proud of our team yesterday. It was probably the most spirited and competitive practice um, that we've had. Um, and and, I, and that was a good response to what happened the night before. Um, so, you know, I do. I think it's internal. I think you got to push each other. Um, you know, obviously we, we can we can – draw X's and O's up. But at the end of the day, you know, I always tell our kids, are you going to be coach driven or player driven? And this, this team is pretty driven. Um, and I think it's just, it's an internal thing to, to, to want to be better, to, to want to improve, to want to polish up um, from everybody on our roster. But, you know, I do, I, every game is a challenge. You know, the other night we, we, somebody lit us up and, you know, I said, you know, we're, we might play someone and they got five or six players that can light you up. So, you know, we got to sharpen up our tools, uh, as well, but uh, you know, I, I think it's a everyday mindset. Just get better every day. Curiosity on the scheduling. I, I know there's a lot that goes into this, but what do you guys try and do in your non-conference? Are you are you trying to play the Wash U's or the 
some CCIWs or a WIAC or whatever your 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 budget allows, or are there other dynamics in play? I mean, I see in Augustana certainly, and, and we talked about yep. centers. So you're getting a couple of these, but ha- have you tried to get a few more in there that kind of changes the equation a little bit, especially for your non-conference SOS and such? Yeah, I mean, we we try. You know, sometimes it's the timing. Sometimes it's like, hey, we're you know, there are some teams that play the same schedule because they know what they're going to get out of it. You know, and so I get that. I mean, we respect that. I mean, but at the same time, like, you know, we 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 want to play teams. You know, and I you know sometimes it's a date schedule we can't get right, or we have finals and they don't, or, or vice versa. So, you know, we're we're open. We want to. It's just, and now we're down to seven non-conference. We've added two scheme, two teams that are in Mississippi and Arkansas, so that really doesn't help with the budget. But you know, I think that that's uh, you know we're open to it. We want to just you know the timing and trying to get somebody that yeah works out for both of us. No, I get it. That's why I was curious about. Obviously, a lot more to go. You got five games of the regular season plus conference tournament before we could even talk about March. So there's a lot on the on the table still to be done. So. I'll leave you to it. I know you got better things to do, but I appreciate the time and the insight on the Gorlocks, which I love, by the way. I was trying to spell out the, the Twitter account, and I kept adding a, a C for some reason, and, and you're saying there's no uh, – Gorlocks don't get Cs? Gorlocks don't get Cs. That's why we don't spell Gorlocks with a C. So. I, I like that. I'm going to keep that one in mind. That one, that one, that one's a good one. Hey, Coach, appreciate go. the time. As always, you give the guests, though, the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those tuned in? Man, Dave, I, I same thing I said a couple years ago. I, I felt like you know you bring attention to our program. I feel like we're we're on the rise. I appreciate the the love that we get. You know, I, I think our um, our, our Webs community is is really is really tight, and they really support us. And you know, we're we're here to try to just get better and see what we can do. And obviously, we're going to be focused on uh, tomorrow and see what we can do but this is awesome we appreciate the love and, and support on this well i appreciate your time uh and get to chat webster gorlax i mean i love the mascot alone that's that's one of my right. favorite parts what of a kind uh take care of yourselves good luck the rest of the season we'll keep an eye on you and we'll talk to you soon thank you sir jordan olafson joining us here on the hoopsville hotline talking the gorlax of webster again undefeated we'll talk our top 25 guys later about whether they think the the Gorlock should be getting some votes in the top 25. I'll leave it to them to make up uh, that decision. But I always find it interesting when a team gets this late in the season undefeated, no matter their schedule, when there isn't some top 25 attention. And we'll see how the guys feel about that. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll switch gears, talk men's basketball jump, and we'll talk about the NABC efforts with coaches versus cancer with the former president of the NABC who was on Capitol Hill to talk about it all. It's Stevenson men's basketball coach Gary Stewart joining us. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at NABC1927. That's nabc.com or NABC1927 on social media. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division three school, you primarily a student-athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. 
It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. It's the 10th annual Hoopsville Marathon continues to roll along. Great conversation so far and so many more on the way. We've got our show page up on d3hoops.com if you want to take a look at the guest list uh, coming up, uh, including top 25 panels, committee com- chairs, and more. We're going to change gears a little bit, talk men's. We'll talk with a men's coach, but we're going to talk about an initiative that the NABC has near and dear to their heart, to say the least. It's a coach's versus cancer initiative and the suits and sneakers effort that I see pop up every once in a while. I think there's some, maybe it's become routine that we're all used to seeing it, but it certainly has a lot of meaning behind it. And when I found out our next guest was up on Capitol Hill talking about it without him telling me he was up on Capitol Hill telling him talking about it so I could record the event, I knew we had to talk about it. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline from Stevenson University, just down the street from our studios, it's Gary Stewart, the head coach of Stevenson, former NABC president. You might remember we had him on a show last year talking about all of that. Coach, thanks for taking the time. As always, I really appreciate it. I hope you are well. Dave, good to see you, and uh, thank you. You know, you've been uh, such an unbelievable credit to Division Three basketball, and and uh, I know I speak for um, my entire brethren when we're uh, extending our appreciation and gratitude uh, to you for everything that you've done, and not only for uh, men's basketball, but uh, D3 
um, as a whole. You, you've got your uh, you've got your shoes on and you're on the move. Uh, obviously, during football season, and and uh, we really, really uh, appreciate uh, the awareness that you bring to Division Three and and uh, the diversity in which you cover Division Three is really, really impressive. So, thank you. Well, thank you, Gary. On that note, if you don't mind, I'm just going to clip that in the conversation because it can't get any better. I appreciate it. And I'll, I'll send you the check later. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. Um, listen, Coaches versus Cancer, I know it's near and dear to your heart. It's certainly close to my heart as well. It's it's Listen, with cancer, it's close to a lot of people's hearts because in some way, everybody is affected by it. This is this coach versus cancer effort started a number of years ago. Obviously, we know the Jimmy Valvano side of things and and all of those throughout college basketball on the women's side. It's Kate Yao or Katie Yao. Um, the suit sneakers thing kind of evolved from that as well. Kind of a unique thing. Can you just talk about the genesis of all of that with the NABC in general? Then we'll we'll dive into your most recent efforts. Well, Dave, let's work backwards, uh, starting this segment uh, with uh, a major initiative from the NABC and American Cancer Society. Uh, It is my hope and and the hope of of others that we would have a segment like this and never talk about cancer. Uh, But unfortunately, it's here. uh, It's been here. And um, uh, we, um, as a body of, of folks, have got to do something to eradicate a uh, tragic, tragic disease. Um, a young man, student athlete, terrific, terrific young man um, that played at Widener. Um, Connor Leverty was the 2020 Mac Commonwealth Player of the Year, uh, just passed away here two weeks ago. And, and he is just one of... Um, you know, a litany of folks, Dave, that have passed way too soon uh, from this horrific disease. And so um, it, it's important, I, I think, for all of us to, to one, recognize uh, this. And then the, the other question that you have to ask is, what can we do about it? And so uh, the NABC has been so instrumental, um, along with Natalie Morrison, in trying to uh, uh, garner funding and, and awareness uh, to uh, uh, hopefully alleviate uh, what has been catastrophic in our, our society for, for far too long. Yeah, well said. Of course, we know the J.J. Hardy story. Um, Hardy. I, yeah. No, I have that right. Sorry. I've got six names in my head that of, of individuals we've lost, coaches, players, others due to cancer, and of course, everybody um, in our personal lives as well who've been affected by cancer. Um, you took your efforts as former NABC chair uh, up to Capitol Hill to talk about all of this. What was the impetus behind that, and, and what was your end game or your, your end goal, I guess, and what you wanted to, to accomplish up there? Well, it was interesting, Dave, in that uh, Natalie, who I've known for years, uh, wanted to um, diversify the board and, and get more representation of all of college basketball. And um, she had reached out to me and we had a great conversation and, and I was able to join the board. Um, I, I want to say early uh, August, late July. And, and then um, within a month, she asked me what I like to speak on Capitol Hill and, and um, uh, what a, what an emotional uh, 
experience that was uh, to be in a room of 800 folks and so many cancer survivors and and all of us really with one thing on our mind. And, and that was to knock on some doors uh, for funding. Um, and, and we were able to do that later on in the day. And then um, that evening, uh, we had a candlelight vigil. Um, so uh, the day was really, really emotional day, but uh, certainly, certainly worthwhile. Um, and um, I was fortunate that a lot of folks in Maryland um, that uh, uh, keep their office on Capitol Hill um, are really, really engaged with this and, and are, are uh, supporting the initiatives of the American Cancer Society and the NABC. I know the end goal is to eradicate cancer. As you said, again, hopefully we're talking about this and we're not talking about someone who's died or someone who's close to us or somehow it's been affected, that we found a cure and all that. That's the long-range goal. What's the short range? Is it still trying to raise more funds? Is it trying to raise more awareness? Is it even trying to make sure that, I remember one of the reads I had at Towson for a a recent uh, Suits versus Sneakers uh, event basically said, Coach Pat Scarry wants to remind you, please go get tested. Though the wording was interesting, said, when it's right in your life, what's the end game on the on the short end is it about more testing is it still about more money is it still about more awareness i think it's everything uh, uh, david i think the overriding theme is uh, early detection uh, the science uh, indicates that um, that's your best opportunity to survive cancer and and obviously i'm talking in global terms if if you're looking specifically at certain cancers um, some of those things are, are so debilitating once they're detected and once it's in your system, uh, it's it's a real, real um, uphill battle in relationship to the percentages of survival. Uh, but most cancers, early detection is critical um, to uh, the overall success of the patient. And um, we want to bring awareness to, to testing. Uh, we want to bring, uh, obviously, um, the ability to... Um, garner funds to um, enhance what's already being done um, scientifically. Uh, there are um, there's so many people that are doing great, great work um, in regards to um, not only uh, coming up with cures for cancer, but also being able to buy you some time. Uh, you know, sometimes those sentences were uh, six months, and now uh, they're three and four years and five years. And and so the thought there is that hopefully within that duration of time, uh, that something would come about that would um, alleviate and, and eradicate the disease. But um, but we uh, look at it from a multitude of different angles. I don't want to get long-winded, Dave, on you, but uh, one, obviously awareness. Uh, there is a financial component um, to this. And uh, and I think it's very important for uh, families of of cancer survivors and victims that that they know that they're not alone. That there's a um, a whole team of folks that are in the fight with you. That's a very good point too, because it's it's about the support more than anything, to say the least. Uh, by the way, I said JJ Hardy earlier. I was for. I do this every once in a while. Justin Hardy is who I was thinking of, who was a great Wash U basketball player who died of stomach cancer. I, I get him in the former Oriole uh, player, sometimes a little botched in my head. Um, it, what was the reception like, though? I mean, nothing against political folk. They're, they're happy to shake a hand with a smile and say, of course, we understand what you're saying. But 
did it feel genuine and and do you think it's it's going in the right direction well you, um, you get there and, and um, check into the hotel and so the night before you're engaging with friends and and we had a uh, great great conversation so the next morning um is this uh the time that um i along with uh some other folks spoke on behalf of uh the nabc and and then we marched to capitol hill well we're fired up i mean dave the the speech is the locker room so by the time that you get out of the speech you're you're on cloud nine and and that's the thing that i don't want to get lost in, in this um deal here dave is that um, you have a team of folks that you're working with, and the synergy that you get from that group is impressive and amazing. And so you can't feel your feet for the next three or four hours. You're surrounded by cancer survivors. Everybody has a story, an important story, um, and a story that needs to be heard. And uh, just think about an individual that is is stricken with cancer think about all the tentacles that they touch, whether it be family, whether it be friends, coworkers. Um, so there are a lot of folks that uh, rally around uh, people with cancer. Um, and that's why it's important for um, all of us to, to get in the fight uh, because um, it's a lengthy one and it's a very, very, very difficult opponent. Yeah, it's lengthy and it takes too many good people too. I uh, can't. Uh, we've had we've lost a lot of SIDs, great SIDs to the disease as well. And uh, I'm curious. So, from the NAB's perspective, obviously Division One gets a spotlight when a lot of these things, when the big time coaches are wearing their sneakers or they've got their lapel pin or whatever the case may be. But how? What's what's been the reaction of the NABC's efforts? Does the NABC feel that their efforts have been? Um, Successful isn't the right word, but um, helpful, maybe? Absolutely. The, the thing with the NABC and, and the uh, Coaches vs. Cancer Initiative is that, um, that there's a clear understanding that, that it is a long game. And, and it's really about um, stair-stepping your way to eventually uh, eradicating the disease, as I've, I've uh, spoken about. The, the thing that you want to happen, Dave, is that um, if you have 10 folks, you want 12 next year and you want 14. And um, I'm fortunate to sit on the Division III uh, men's um, basketball um, board uh, at, uh, with the NABC. And um, what happens with that group is, you know, a lot of those conversations take place, obviously, in a small um, grouping with Mike Shower and and uh, Mike McGrath and and uh, Jeff Brown. Uh, so the four of us um, have those conversations um, with the NABC around um, coaches versus cancer and how we can grow it, how we can grow it at our level and and have, have a bigger impact and a, and a bigger footprint. And so that doesn't get lost on on those three guys. Uh, the importance of of doing our part and the importance of um, really representing Division Three, um, like you said, right? Maybe we've talked about two young men um, here on this uh, uh, interview, but there's so many more, uh, Dave, at our level, and and, and so uh, we would be remiss if if we weren't in there swinging um, in the middle of the ring as well. 
Yeah, I, I, we can't even get to the list, unfortunately, of all those I've, I'm familiar who have passed. Um, Gary, this is just part of what I've always found amazing about you is you you, you seem to have endless amount of time because you give back in so many ways to the game, whether it's serving on the NABC Division Three board and the former president of the NABC. Uh, it's this coaches versus cancer stuff. It's other things I certainly know you've been involved with. Now, by the way, you're on the National Committee for Division III, uh, something that you and I used to do, by the way, just for the record, Gary and I would sit in his office for a number of years and start hashing this stuff out. If you thought I was ready on my Selection Sunday show, it was partly because of Gary. We would be doing this work ourselves, trying to hash things out. So you've already been doing this. But what is it you, you seem you almost seem like you you haven't given enough that you that you want to give more or that 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 wasn't enough or i've done that now i'm going to do this what is it about your drive that wants to give back so much to this game and and really uh for a little bit of a non-d3 guy give so much back to d3 well the game uh continues to give to me and um I, i've been so incredibly blessed and fortunate dave that um the people that I've met, uh, the people that have impacted my life, uh, the places that I've gone, whether it be domestically or internationally, um, it's just it's been unbelievable. I mean, I really can't quantify it and, and put it into words what it what, what the game has really meant to me. And and so, in my small way, if I'm able to do something or, or partner with a group of folks to do something to make a, a difference or a small difference, um, that's the least I can do. And and so uh, it's really just uh, honestly, Dave, it's really just um, passing it forward, if you will. Um, So many of my mentors were were built that way and uh, really uh, put an emphasis on um, the totality of the job, if you will, not just um, a practice from three to five thirty and, and preparation and, and recruiting, but looking at it from a global perspective and saying that uh, how can I best impact my student athletes? And that's kind of led me to um, other things. You know, obviously we've talked about cancer. I have student athletes that have had family members affected with cancer. I have a young man on my team right now that was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, just two years ago. And so uh, it's front and center. And and so if I'm able to uh, do anything that I can help, um, and that's just one area, Dave, but there there's so many other areas that you can kind of get in where you fit in. And and um, and people have been real receptive and, and be, I've been fortunate that people have taken me um, and I've become part of some groups that have been um, very impactful and and um, and I'm grateful for those experiences. Uh, by the way, I joked about him not really being from D3. It's my little plug. It. I always bug Gary a little bit. He got lost in Division One there for a little bit. He was a graduate of Laverne. He got lost in Division One coaching there, thought that was the big deal. I like to rib him every once in a while about that drift off in California. We're gra- glad you you found Division Three again, Gary. Thank you, Dave. Um, hey, I could talk to you forever about this stuff. You know, you and I, <laughs> Gary and I can have conversations that can go forever. Um, we, we stay away from each other because we don't want to ruin our days. Um, but I appreciate your time, sir. As always, great cause. I wish I could give you some more time on it because I'm sure there's so much more we could talk about, uh, about what people can do to get involved and all of that stuff. Uh, but in the meantime, I'll just give you the final word. I'm sure there isn't a better one today. So final thoughts before we let you go today. 
Well, Dave, I'm going to leave you with something that uh, um, all of coaches uh, throughout the country are working with this week, and that's uh, Autism Awareness Week. And so um, I wanted to bring that to the forefront. Um, what an unbelievable uh, and worthy cause that is. And, and Pat Scurry, the head coach at Towson University, has spearheaded that. And um, it is, uh, uh, again, uh, a lot of folks uh, – are touched by that. And uh, um, I've had some really good conversations just in the hallways of, of folks that I work with that uh, have uh, children that are uh, artistic. And um, uh, so uh, I wanted to, to bring that uh, uh, to the forefront, Dave, and and, uh, and looking forward to uh, finishing the week strong. I know that um, some folks uh, rallied around that initiative this whole entire week and and hopefully that'll spearhead uh, a really 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 good year um around uh, autism awareness and, and funding another one that's close to my heart my wife does amazing work in the autism world uh as a behavioral an- uh, specialist and director herself and we'll be involved in that game with pat scary we had pat on the, a few years ago i know he's a division one coach give him a hard time about that but obviously he's d3 roots are in tufts uh, we had him on the show talking about that effort. It's incredible what they do. Uh, I can't remember the exact date of that game coming up, but it's later this month uh, that we'll be doing that. So, Gary, thanks as always, sir, for your time. Really appreciate it. I know you're busy enough as it is. So thanks for finding some time to talk to us and representing the NABC and doing so much good work. I know I'll catch up with you down the road, but thanks in the meantime, and we'll look forward to catching up with you down the road and maybe talk about the Mustangs somewhere down there as well. Dave, good talking to you as always, and I really, really appreciate you having me. Thank you, sir. Take care. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Gary Stewart joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. A lot of good causes there, folks. Obviously, the Coaches versus Cancer and Sneakers Suits event is so huge uh, in the game of basketball and the NABC. WBCA, of course, has the Yao Foundation and all the work that they do there. Um, but he mentioned the autism awareness thing. That is a huge deal as well. Uh, it is Pat Scary at Towson, who is a Tufts grad. Um, I kid you not, when Tufts' job opened up, I thought Pat might go back, but he's still there at Towson. That is a big deal to him, and he has gotten that throughout the NABC as well, so that's an important uh, deal as well. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're running a little late here. we got to get going. Uh, Bill Broderick will join us from Christopher Newport. We'll talk CNU women's basketball coming up. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3 Hoops. Back with more after this on the Marathon. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at NABC1927. That's nabc.com or NABC1927 on social media. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. All right, slamming the brakes on that ad. Sorry, folks, want to catch up on some time here a little bit. We got some time we'll catch up later. We we'll, we'll, we got some ability to, to adjust, but we're still rolling through some of our live segments here. We're switching gears talking women's basketball, though it's tough to follow Gary Stewart and the NABC and his efforts. Man, I seriously, that could have been an hour-long segment and it wouldn't have gotten old at all. Uh, women's basketball, Christopher Newport continues to play well, but, man, they're they're caught behind a logger jam of some really good basketball teams in NYU, Transylvania, and Rhode Island College that maybe the captains, maybe, maybe, maybe the captains are flying a smidge under the radar than we normally would see of course the captains women's basketball team fell just short of a national championship last year falling to transylvania in a game in texas at the d1 final four that i think a lot of us were impressed they were so competitive in considering the injuries the captains took or had to deal with most of last season well bill broderick's squad's not going away and i hope you uh, most teams understand that and the fact that defense isn't going away either Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is the aforementioned Broderick of Bill, uh, something like that, of the captains of Christopher Newport. Coach, welcome to the show. As always, I appreciate your time. Um, we stayed away from you a little while because I had a feeling the uh, the loss was a little bittersweet in the championship. You finally got there, and the men's head win a title. You have a chance to get the sweep, which is very rare in Division III, uh, I, and, and you came up just short considering you had a team that – that was banged up to say the least that that had to have been a tough one. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, I think anytime you, you know, you lose a game of that magnitude and, you know, you've put so much work into it and so much time that, you know, you're definitely gonna, you know, you're going to be pretty upset, but, you know, I, I think time when time goes on and you look back and, you know, we just realize, you know, what we were able to accomplish um, you know, without so many of our key players, um, uh, just, you know, really, really proud of the ladies and, you know, for stepping up and, and continuing to beat some really, really good teams. Um, you know, even being uh, shorthanded. What was that experience like bill? Uh, this is the second time that division three got the chance at the women's final four, um, to do this. They literally rolled out the red carpet for the experience. Um, I was at the one in Indy, the initial one, and I was, I thought, and I, this is no disrespect to the men's, I thought the women's one was a little bit more fun because you're in the same arena as the D1 event. You're, you're not separated from it. Everybody is there. I'm curious what it was from your perspective. 
Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was an unbelievable experience, um, you know, despite, you know, losing the game, um, just everything that the NCAA had set up for us. Uh, Kelly Whitaker and her staff did an amazing job. Um, I think the girls definitely felt like, you know, they were at the D1 uh, Final Four and, you know, getting a chance to, um, you know, meet all the you know, D1 teams and coaches and, um, you know, just uh, everything they did for us was first class. And, um, you know, it was it was just a really, really good experience. Um, you know, the I, I think the only thing and it's really hard to to change each year, you know, the only thing that that I would, you know, suggest if possible and maybe it's not is in those years when you know that it's going to be everybody at the same time, you know, maybe start the division three season a week later, something like that. So that, you know, you don't, you don't have so much time off um, in between the, the final four game and the, and the championship game. But I, I will tell you that, you know, with, with how badly we were injured and how banged up we were and, and all, the people we were missing you know we we were you know we were at least able to give transylvania a game um if if we had to play them the day after playing rhode island uh, i don't think it would have been a very close game now maybe i'm wrong and whatever but so i think in this particular case i think it helped us to be able to just keep the game close um but i i would think especially for them um, you know, it was just a lot of time um, in between. Well, you and I can talk about it off air. We we dove down that mm-hmm. rabbit hole in 2013 when the men mm-hmm. uh, had its first event. Of course, the men were even more disenfranchised because it was an extra week between tournaments. So it was a six week mm-hmm. drag on the entire tournament. Oh, wow! Wow! Did I did I run into all of the logistical challenges and essentially no's in place? from that that it was mind-blowing to me that i've that i appreciate it but you and i can jump down that we don't have time to talk <laughs> yeah, about that you. but i i agree with you it's unfortunate that there's there but i agree with you too you kind of lucked out i remember going into that game going hmm if there's a perfect time to get healthy it's right now and and we'll yeah. see if they can do it um yeah. let's talk about this year's team obviously off and running once again surprise surprise uh this is a squad that lost one game last year and you've lost one game so far this year clicking along um of course in this funky c2c setup so you get a bunch of your games in the first two-thirds of the season instead mm-hmm. and you've gone out and challenged yourself there's games against emory and east texas baptist who may not be the same team we're accustomed it's still a tough one elizabeth town um you've gone and played whitman and and suny new uh who mm-hmm. said well thank you very much merry christmas happy new year beat yeah. you all by four stevens yeah. and marymount and some others out there you've certainly gone and 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 put your schedule together and now you're kind of in the waning moments of all that how's it how's the season gone from your perspective yeah i mean uh you know i'll, I'll be honest with you i mean i'm i'm a little surprised where we only have one loss at this time um i think especially with you know not having katie radar radar for the majority of the season um, we did lose another injury. We lost our starting center, uh, Hannah Orlov, six games in. So, you know, we, we've just had so many people in and out. And, um, you know, we, we've only got, you know, 15 people healthy on the roster. And 10 of them are freshmen and sophomores that have very little experience. 
So with some of those teams that, you know, that you named, you know, I, I was surprised to beat a, an Emory early in the season or uh, Elizabeth town and, and, you know, Whitman and some of those guys, because, you know, they would, they did just have so much more experience than we did. Um, but, you know, I, I think, um, you know, like you said, I mean, defense and rebound travels, um, you know, I, I think our, our ladies are always bought into our system. Um, you know, we're, we're always going to play as hard as anyone we're playing against. And so it's, it's been really neat to just see, um, different people step up, right. You know, people who were role players now step up as starters and go-to players, you know, people who didn't even really get an opportunity to play last year. Now they become role players. And so, you know, losing two All-Americans and a fifth-year senior, uh, you know, we, we lost a lot. And then and then having Katie Rader out as well, uh, you know, you lose four starters off that team. Uh, I would have never thought we would be 21-1. and one. Um, But, you know, we're just – you know, I think we're just doing what we're doing and really just kind of staying in the moment. And I don't I don't think we've really even been close to playing our best basketball yet. I mean, you know, the, just the other day against Mary Wash on on Wednesday, I mean, that's the first day, the first game we had our actual projected starting lineup. Um, and even then we had two people that were kind of half speed. Um, so it's, you know, it's just about, matter of taking these last few games and some time to really trying to get a cohesiveness and really gel and and just try to be playing our best basketball uh come February 22nd is when our uh our conference tournament starts the biggest example of that um I think might jump out at people if they look at the stat sheet we're used to a program that scores 85 points per contest um you're scoring 78 points per contest right now uh, you only have two players in double figures in terms of scoring, and they're low double figures. Really, three. We'll call it three. 12.1 for Hannah, um, who obviously has not played the entire season. Hannah Kaloy, uh, Olivia Giles is 11.5, and, and Camille Malagar at 9.9. They've, uh, they've played every game. Um, the defense is still there, though. And you said defensive rebounds travel. So does your defense. It's that chaotic 94 feet, which, interestingly yep. enough, I thought Transylvania did some fascinating things against. Um, we've seen that from uh, some other teams, but it's it's more about wearing teams down, right, Bill? It's it Your defense yeah. is not about, about suffocating and annihilating. It's about, okay, you go ahead and figure it out, but you're going to have to do this for 40 minutes. Yeah, we we were really, um, you know, I called it kind of captain's chaos light in the uh, in the championship, and and really even the final four, we didn't we didn't have the pieces that we needed to in order to really do it. So it, it real was more almost half court and and um, you know three quarter court pressure at all. I mean, we were we were playing with two fives versus a true you know, face up and, and, you know, it would have been nice to have your full lineup. I mean, I, they really had just really one primary ball handler. So I think we would have been able to, you know, hopefully wear her down a lot more uh, during the game, but we, we just weren't able to do the things that we wanted to. And we, we actually played about 75% zone in that game when, when we just usually don't play zone. Um, so we, we really had to kind of reinvent ourselves um, really like the last three, four weeks of the season, every, 
every time we played, someone else went out, another starter went out with a major um, injury. And then, you know, even in the in the finals, I was like, okay, maybe we can do this. And I think we were up maybe 13-5 or something. And then Sandra Fan uh, re-sprains her ankle really bad. And she came out there and played, but she was maybe a quarter of herself. So when you were playing out without both all Americans and and a fifth, you know, and a four year starter and trying, we just it was. Uh, I was so proud of them to to be down thirteen fourteen in the third quarter and to come back and and tie it up, you know, with a minute and four seconds to go, have a chance. We just didn't knock down the shot, but. Uh, couldn't couldn't be more proud of of what they did, and you know, I was telling people Hannah uh, Hannah Orloff, you know, started the season. She was playing about eight nine minutes a game um, in the national championship. The poor kid had to play thirty two minutes um, and, and stepped up and did a phenomenal job. But it's just uh, you know, I know people say how deep we are, and and we are deep, and and our motto is definitely next woman up. Uh, but but sometimes you run out of the next woman and it's, you know, <laughs> you're only so deep. So and and so, yeah, it, it kind of is what it is. But, um, you know, we'll, we keep saying with it. Orloff was thinking to herself about time, coach. You know, you keep playing me seven, eight minutes here. I, I, wanted, I wanted to play the whole game about darn time, Ab- coach. Absolutely. And I, and I tell you what, if we if she doesn't play 30 minutes against Tufts at Tufts, uh, on Maggie Russell, I'm not sure we win that game. I mean, you know, yeah, Maggie Russell had 18 points, but she had it on like 25 shots or something. And, and you know, Orloff at six, three and a half, who's just a tremendous shot blocker, um, just gave Russell fits in that game. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm a firm believer of, you know, things work out for a reason. Uh, people talk about, oh, man, you know, you guys would have done so much better if you had everyone and all that. And, you know, my thing is, is that, you know, that that wasn't God's plan this year. And so for whatever reason, it it, it was what it was. I mean, my my heart ached badly uh, for for those seniors that didn't get a chance to play um, in that game. But other than that, it's it's it was what it was. It was Transylvania's uh, year and they did a great job and, and did what they needed to do to win. So. I, you know, tap, uh, tip my hat to those guys and just, you know, hope someday maybe we get another opportunity to, to get there. Quickly, the end of the season, uh, this is a funky part with the C2C where you are playing a handful of games the rest of the way, though a little bit uh, schedule. You guys have figured out a little bit more that you don't have as many empty spots, but still you only have three games left before the C2C playoffs. You'll be at Mary Washington, then Southern Virginia at home, and then at Warren Wilson. Technically, some of those are conference games. Technically, they're not. They're really about the conference right. tournament. It's a good time to rest up, obviously. It's a good time to kind of focus in on things, but how do you also keep everybody kind of sharp when everybody, all the other teams have games to kind of keep everybody sharp? Yeah, you know, we... um you know, we, we scrimmage a lot in practice. So I think that's one, one thing that we do. Um, another thing that we do is, uh, and I don't even know if it shows up on our schedule, but we actually have, uh, a D two exhibition game. So rather than using our two, our two games in the beginning of the season, you know, I elected to use one to kind of play and help us, you know, stay in the groove there. Um, and, and with this, you know, with this year and all the injuries we've had, um, you know, we actually can use a little bit of time off uh, after Wednesday's game. 
Uh, we, we had a great, great battle with Mary Washington. Um, Coach Outbury does a phenomenal job. Um, it's just a fun, fun rivalry. Um, the, the score, totally not indicative of the game. It was a, a one-point game going into the uh, fourth quarter. And so, you know, they, they gave us everything we can handle here at home. Um, you know, it was great. We had almost a 1,000 people in the stands for a women's only game, which was phenomenal. And uh, but we know now we've got to go back to their place uh, Wednesday. Uh, we held we held serve, but we know we're going to have we're going to have our hands full unbelievably on Wednesday. Well, the C to C championships will be at your place, so you'll at least have uh, the the Freeman Center uh, to yourselves for that one. Um, so we we wish you luck the rest of the way. I I, I got to get going, Bill. But thank you for your time yes. as always. Um, good luck to the rest of the season with the captains. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing how it all plays out. Again, I feel like you're flying a little under the radar due to, due to the top three, but maybe that's a dangerous place and a perfect place for all of you. As always, we give the coach the final word, though. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Yeah, just uh, want to thank you, Dave, for everything that uh, that uh, you do for women's basketball. And then also publicly just really thank uh, everybody here at the university, you know, the band, the cheerleaders, dance team, uh, all the people that help make this an unbelievable environment. I uh, really appreciate our parents for all they do, uh, my coaches, and then, and then most of all, uh, the ladies for just, just giving us everything they got day in and day out. Just really, really feel blessed to be, uh, to be here at CNU. Clicked on the wrong thing there. Sorry for the delay. Yeah, you're seeing like double of me, folks. Hang on. I, I got greedy trying to hit the wrong button. Uh, thanks for your time, Coach. Appreciate it. Good luck. Great great final thoughts. There's so many behind the scenes and supportive of programs that come out night in and night out for those, for those student athletes, and I know that's important to the players and the coaches as well. Take care. We'll talk to you soon, and do me a favor. At least keep Krikorian at bay. Don't let him and his national title get too full of that you know we we don't need that we don't need that i hope he i hope he put the trophy away he doesn't use it in front of you no we're, we're all good hey take care of yourself uh we'll talk to you soon thank you bill broderick joining us on the hoopsville hotline appreciate his time uh there uh we'll take a quick break and, and we're gonna jump to gettysburg a segment I promise you was booked before Wednesday's events against Johns Hopkins at the Bream Gymnasium. We'll talk to both Nate Davis and BJ Dunn about their programs, the centennial race, and what it all means to them. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC studios. Back with more after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present honor the past, look to the future. 